Welcome to another episode of Mini Fellowship in Movement Disorders, where we take most challenging concepts in movement disorders and simplify them into easy-to-follow explanations. I'm your host, Danish Bahati, a movement disorder neurologist who loves to teach physicians online, especially in the developing countries. explanation to ask a question from um, Dr. Hafiz Elahi. Dr. Hafiz asks, what is the mechanism for levodopa to cause dystonia in Parkinson's disease patients? Full stop. That's a very interesting and very, very difficult question. So just to set the context of stage, levodopa is the primary treatment for Parkinson's disease and levodopa increases the dopamine released in the um, striatum. Uh, from the substantia nigra cells uh, that take up levodopa, convert it into dopamine, and then release it. The levodopa is used in Parkinson's patient when there is not enough dopaminergic neurons left. So the rest of them are trying to make more dopamine, but creating levodopa is a rate-limiting step. So if you give levodopa, then that biobasses that rate-limiting step, and now they can use all the available levodopa and make as much as dopamine as they want now. Typically, they're supposed to store their dopamine in vesicles inside the neurons and release it when there is a signal coming from the neuronal body to, to release the dopamine. But the intention is that with each cycle that they release dopamine, they will release more dopamine because there was a lot more levodopa available. There is some free conversion of levodopa to dopamine outside of neurons, but if it's outside of the brain cells or brain blood-brain barrier, then that dopamine cannot cross into the brain. There may be some slight conversion of levodopa to dopamine freely uh, in the brain tissue outside of these dopamine neurons, but that probably is not very significant in general. But that is important to explain because of this discussion on uh, what is dopamine doing in the brain. So, and to complete the context, the dystonia in Parkinson's disease is a very common symptom that happened from Parkinson's disease itself. However, uh, levodopa can cause dystonia in Parkinson's disease. So typically we think of dystonia in Parkinson's disease uh, is of three types. One is dopamine-responsive dystonia, one is dopamine-induced dystonia, and one is dystonia that is unrelated to levodopa. So whether you give or not give levodopa, the dystonia remains the same. And that changes our treatment. The most common form of dystonia in Parkinson's disease is dopamine-responsive dystonia. So traditionally, if you see Parkinson's patient and you see dystonia, then it's likely that they're undertreated and you increase the dopamine by increasing by giving more levodopa or other treatment and their dystonia gets better. It does not have to be levodopa. Other treatments will also make that dystonia better. So that's a typical classic dystonia of Parkinson's disease, whether it's a limb dystonia such as foot or hand dystonia or you know, sometimes jaw dystonia or even sometimes neck dystonia. That's about 60 to 70% of cases with Parkinson's disease with dystonia. Now, there are other patients who have dystonia, but it does not respond to levodopa. It's not being caused by levodopa, so it's there whether they take levodopa or not, but it's just there. And then if you give levodopa or dopamine, it does not get better. That's the second major category. So another 20 to 30% of dystonia in Parkinson's disease is levodopa unresponsive. So that leads, leaves about 5 to 10% of patients in Parkinson's disease with dystonia who have a dystonia that is brought on by levodopa. And that's what this specific question is about, those few patients. So to explain those patients, let's first step back and talk about 
levodopa induced dyskinesia. So we know that patients with Parkinson's disease, once the disease progress, as they take levodopa, they start having peak dose dys dyskinesia. There are other types of dyskinesias too, such as bimodal dyskinesia, wearing off dyskinesia, and so on and so forth. But the classic dyskinesia in Parkinson's disease is a peak dose dyskinesia. The word dyskinesia is preferred in patients uh, with levodopa treatment because they can have various different phenomenologies. So most common form of levodopa dyskinesia is the coriform dyskinesia where they get a chorea and it's a very uh, particular type of chorea with very truncal involvement and neck involvement and um, you know, large amplitude, moderate speed. Uh, so very different than other choreas like Huntington's and Sydenham chorea. But chorea is the primary or most common form of dyskinesia with levodopa. However, there are many patients whose chorea in Parkinson's induced by levodopa also have some dystonic element where they have some posturing on top of the chorea. So that mixed chorea and dystonia is a second form of levodopa induced dyskinesia. And then the last form of the levodopa-induced dyskinesia is the dystonic form, where they primarily get dystonia. So that is the exact question that we're dealing with, right? So these are the patients who have a levodopa-induced dyskinesia in the form of dystonia without much coriform movement um, that are a small portion of all Parkinson's patients. So not every Parkinson patients have dystonia, not every Parkinson patient have levodopa-induced dyskinesias. And what we are talking about those few or small number of patients which have levodopa-induced dystonia uh, as a form of their dyskinesia. Now, in general, the concept will be the same that the levodopa-induced dystonia is a dyskinesia and is being occurred by a significant increase in dopamine level in their brain and their inability to handle that increased level of dopamine. So what I mean by that is that it's the same concept that's in levodopa-induced chorea as a dyskinesia where the disease has progressed, the number of dopaminergic neurons have gone down and the levodopa dose has increased to try to get more out of them. And as we have giving them a lot more levodopa, they take it up, they probably convert it into dopamine, but they have to release it much more quickly or maybe irregularly outside of the normal impulses because they cannot handle that much dopamine in their nerve endings. Uh, they cannot store it, so maybe some leak happens. There is also this concept that all those dopamine receptors, which did not have any nerve ending attached to them anymore because those nerve cells are di have died, those dopaminergic receptors become overly sensitized so that any dopamine release around them that leaks into them causes excessive activation of them and make them hypersensitive to any free-floating dopamine. As I mentioned earlier, that some dopamine conversion likely happen outside of these dopaminergic neurons, either in the interstitial tissue or in the blood vessel wall that leaks out, crosses the blood-brain barrier, and that free-floating dopamine can go to those receptors which don't have a nerve ending attached to them and probably causes dyskinesia. Now, why is it that most of the patient with levodopa-induced dyskinesia, because of this mechanism, has a curiform dyskinesia while few patients have a dystonic form of dyskinesia is the actual essence of this question. And that is where it becomes more challenging for, for us to explain that why would some patient will develop, why, why will most patient will develop a chorea from this mechanism of increased dopamine and dopamine receptor sensitivity and increased leak of dopamine, but few will develop dystonia. And that's where I could hypothesize and, and give some 
suggestions but i don't recall reading a cogent or a cohesive explanation it may be related to the difference in patterns of striatal degeneration you know if you do dat scans on 10 patients parkinsons their striatal degeneration pattern don't look exactly the same for example we don't know why one side degenerates sooner than others why parkinsons is asymmetric uh, that's another big mystery that why is preferably on one side or starts on one side first and then spreads to the other side later and so you can add to the list of mysteries in parkinsons this question is that why increased dopaminergic sensitivity and leaky dopamine in late stage parkinsons leads to chorea in most patients and dystonia in few patients and then some patients have a mix of chorea and dystonia to learn more about the mini fellowship visit our website for university of nebraska medical center department of neurological sciences where you can be part of the community and ask us questions You can write to me on mdclinicforyou@gmail.com. It's m d c l i n i c number four u at gmail.com. And follow me on YouTube for longer discussions by searching for Danish Bahati, D a n i s h space b h a t t i. You can also find me on Twitter at Danish Bahati underscore m d and on LinkedIn.